The following program is rated MAL. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. Green flag waving for the always exciting Sheldon Hutchill. He'll bounce the right rear off the wall with turn four. Lot one for Sheldon Hutchill. Quick time! Off turn four. Quick time! Ten, zero, three, zero. Second lap time for David is quick time! 15 0 2 2. Lap number one for Kyle Larson. Quick time! It's a 10 145. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Quick Time, the podcast. We're here with the normal crew. Uh, Brad Brown's in the house. We're here with Josh as well. Josh, man, let's start with you. Uh, how's your week? Or, I guess two weeks, man. We didn't do one last week. Two weeks has been a little different. Um, hard to remember what I did two weeks ago. I mean, this week's just been crazy. Um, a lot of stuff away from racing that's been going on that didn't think I was going to be going through this week. But other than that, um, didn't get to watch a whole lot of racing. But what I did watch, I mean, some of the I-30 race and the outlaw race that was 10 laps. Other than that, it was it was all in all, it was a good weekend for the most part. Brad, how about you? Uh, how's retired life? I, I shouldn't say retired oh, that's life. That's right. I shouldn't say retired life, but how's the new new gig going for you? Man, manual labor's hard. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Things? For, for 33 years, I had to use my brain. Now I have to use my, my muscles, and it's going to take a little bit of getting used to. But uh, I got to go out to I-80 Speedway last uh, Saturday night and watch the 360 race. Uh, surprisingly, th- 33 cars. Uh, pretty good night show. Uh, the the, the has kind of missed the track that night, but... Uh, uh, all in all, it was a good night of racing. They had 360s, 305s, late models, um, little dwarf cars, and then a new s- series that I don't know. It's not even Gatra. It's it's old cars. Is it the Midwest Stock Car Association think, or something like that? It so it's like old, uh, well, I don't want to say, like 70s Novas yeah, and, and stuff like that. There was one Mustang. There was a Studebaker. But, yeah, um, they were pretty slow. They were a step above the Gatra series, but they were pretty slow. But it was a – Good night of racing out there. Uh, it'd be sitting at home. I want to throw you under the bus right now. You're talking about slow. There's uh, some 305 sprint cars out there as well. Right. You don't have to tell me. <laughs> hey. Did you go to the bathroom during those races or what? No, I was for the, the, the slow late models and the dwarfs. But now uh, there's a lot of people out there that say you can't tell the difference between a 360 and a 305 unless you're told. I beg to differ. Uh, on a big track like I-80 Speedway, there was a significant difference. And if for nothing else, they sound completely different than, than the 360s. They it do was, sound different, but how was the racing? The racing was good. Uh, I don't. There wasn't much racing in the 305s. They, they, once they got spread out a little bit, there was there was not a lot going on. Kind of your typical big track thing. Yeah. Like we talked about, even with the 410s at Knoxville, once and, they get spread out, it's kind of... And in the 305s defense, it was about the same thing as the three, 360s. Uh, the track was dry, and everybody was up against the fence and just set sail around this high side. Uh, um, a couple of cars tried to make a go over the bottom. There was moisture in the bottom. But uh, and McCarl would he would pull his front wheels off the ground coming out of the out of four, but he wasn't making up any ground, and so they they abandoned that and they went up on top and just uh, tried to tried to do it up on on the high side. So um, yeah, it's rare that there was dust in hot laps, and and so they had to, after hot laps they shut everything down and watered the track and reworked the track, and and it still didn't make a lot of difference uh, towards the end of the night. And uh, there was a big hole in three, and that's that's just you don't ever see that. But. Yeah. I saw that uh, there were some photos on Twitter about uh, uh, the holes and whatnot out there, and, uh, yeah. which is unusual for for ID ID Speedway. Normally, well, it's pretty smooth and pretty uh, 
they normally hit the head on the nail on the head with the track prep out Absolutely. there. Absolutely, they rarely miss. But uh, um, Drow Junior was going into three, and he hit that hole, and and he hit so hard that it collapsed the top wing, and then he spun backwards. Uh, I don't know that he hit the wall. He, he may have tapped it, but uh, Mark Birch, uh, who he drives for, showed a picture of a rear wheel that was bent because he hit that hole so hard. It was uh, it was a pretty significant hole, and and it, it clearly upset the car when they hit it. Um, so most people either went below or above it. Sounds like a lot of these people haven't been out the Eagle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You well, say they expect that one at the Eagle. <laughs> Would you say there was a pretty good crowd, though, for being uh, a football for, game, too, going on at the same time? For going up against the Huskers, I thought there was a really a good crowd there. Uh, tell you what, I had two coats on. It got cold that once the sun went down. It got cold, but uh, oh, yeah. they, had a, they had a good car count and a good crowd. So there was 31 or 32 305s, 33 360s. 25 uh, late models. They, they had a good car count, and uh, and I, I don't think they uh, they hurt for um, purse money. They 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 sold pretty good, and the pork fritters were spot on. Man, those pork tenderloins, <laughs> man, they're so. That's damn the biggest good. thing you're gonna miss about that place, and uh, is the, is the pork tenderloins. I almost had two because I'm gonna miss them, but uh, I'm gonna get one more when the outlaws are there on the 14th. That's for sure. So we saw Chris Martin pick up the win out there, and then our our, our friend of the show, Stu Snyder, picked up the 360 points championship out there. Uh, pretty cool for Stu to, Stu to knock off that final uh, championship out there at ID Speedway in the in the sprint cars. Yep. I mean, do you think we'll see 360s around here anymore after once IED's no. done? No. No. Maybe a special show, but it's not going to be at Eagle. And you, it's you'll not. see. The only time I think you'll see a 360 race in the state of Nebraska will be at Off Road Speedway, Norfolk. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You're going to travel to North, Norfolk for that because they, uh, Chris Krug, the announcer at IED, announced that. The track has not been sold, but if it doesn't get sold, it will definitely sit idle next year. So uh, it's clear that there's not going to be any racing there next year. So regardless, it's not racing nope. next year, no matter what. And I'm still not convinced that it has not been sold. My source tells me it's been sold. And every time I go out there, there are more and more campers parked along Who's the Who's your source there, Brad? I'm not going to say. <laughs> but more and more, you look in turn three on the outside of turn three, and they're packing those campers in tight there. And that's who is rumored to buy it is that, uh, that uh, what's the name of Copart. it? Copart. Copart. So and, uh, speaking of Copart, oh, I, I know we haven't really discussed this, but uh, they're all buying racetracks. There's, there's, no, there's no secret right. that they're buying racetracks. They bought I-30 Speedway. Um, rumor has it they're buying um, Devil's Bowl, not Devil's Bowl. No, no, no. Uh, Rolling Grand Grandview. Oh, Grandview. Grandview. Yeah, yeah. And then I eighty Speedway. Yeah. There's thousands of tracks already closed down that are sitting idle. Why don't they buy something that's not being fucking used? Right. That's I'm true. I'm guessing it's all location. Uh, I mean, Copart's in in West Des Moines. Uh, I think it's all location. Um, well, but there's got to be other places. I mean, that's what I'm saying. That like. How long did Mick Continent sit idle? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I mean, I get it. It's not right off the interstate and all this sort of stuff. But there's this, all this former racetrack stuff land that's just sitting there that they could have, could have went after. And like I said, I don't blame Kaziski's for selling. If you're going to offer me a ton of cash, I'm going to take it. Yeah. Well, and I don't blame, I don't blame any, any of these racetracks that say, hey, I'm taking the money. Right. Well, they, they wanted to be done. They, it, they were. Yeah, look at the owners. They're yeah. they're all old owners ready to retire. Right. I-30, same way. I don't blame them. I mean, if somebody offered me a million dollars for my house, it, I'd sell it in I'm a just heartbeat. Saying, I'm just saying there's other places out there instead, yeah. of, instead of an active racetrack. I would like to know what their interest is in racetracks. I don't know if it's because they have such huge 
level parking lot. I think or, that, and, the, and I think the zoning issue to yeah. make a change easily, to yeah, whatever they change needed. it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I always wonder, I was thinking about this yesterday was why don't we ever see any young investors getting into the sport, buying these tracks? All you see nowadays is the older generation, you know, retiring, wanting to be done. No younger businessman you can't is put stepping a, up. You can't put a race on TikTok. That's why. Would, I, why would you and want plus, the headache? Plus, all these well, people are yeah. poor. If you could afford a racetrack, why would you want the headache? I mean, bless uh, Doug Johnson. He's running two of them for Todd Quaring. Uh, I don't know why you would want want the headache because you're true. you got to understand you're gonna you're gonna piss somebody off every night. Somebody's right. gonna be somebody mad. Somebody will at you. be mad. Mark Birch tweeted that hey, he I had words know. with the Kaziskis on the way out of the gate on Saturday uh, after after the race because uh, I, so you're gonna always have somebody mad and and I <laughs> I'm done with maybe that. I'm, <laughs> uh, maybe I should be a racetrack owner because I make everybody mad every damn day. <laughs> Brandon, there's, could there's not a day up. that go by where I don't make somebody mad. Yeah. Brandon could probably put up with the BS more than anything. He could just he just lives there with them. Like whatever you're gonna say, what you're gonna say, but track's still gonna go. Well, pick, uh, okay, pick a number, uh, millions of dollars that you're gonna offer Kaziski's for I80 Speedway. Say let's just say three million. Okay, I have no idea what the offer is if there is even an offer, but let's just say three million. If you can afford a $3 million loan, would you want to spend every night, every weekend, all no. spring, summer, and no. fall at the racetrack? Nope. I would want to be in California and Florida and Jamaica or wherever. You'd be camping. Let's be real. You'd be at the lake absolutely. on a boat. Yeah, yeah you would be kayaking But somewhere. I would be in Florida or California or somewhere yeah. like that. I, mean, I would not want to the headache and and all the stress and so forth of of owning a racetrack i mean we talked about it uh, several episodes ago what would we do if we won the lottery and somebody said uh, buy a racetrack why in the hell would you buy a racetrack i i just i i mean well, I, you could buy always it. buy it and let somebody else manage it but then why again why would you buy it because if you're not going to be there to spend time working the track why own the racetrack well so, it's probably easier for an investor to to own a race team i remember that question i mean you think about a race team you're just dealing with your drivers and whatever fans want to complain, a racetrack like you just said, you deal with whatever fans that want to complain. You mean all the fans that can yeah. complain? I mean, Brad always comments the keyboard commandos. I mean, it it probably wears on you as a track owner. I mean, seeing well, all the bad press and people talking. Why about do you it. think Eagle Raceway sold? That's why Craig yeah. Cormack got out. He was sick and tired <laughs> and was, of. And this was before the days of Facebook. Yeah, this was just dirtdrivers.com. Dirt drivers hey, message I board. remember that site. Yeah, <laughs> it was dirt drivers and specifically a handful of people that were just relentless. And uh, um, I got on there the only, uh, several times and I, I hated the 360 spin rule where uh, I'm one that says, if you, if you do a 360 spin, you just keep going. Yeah. Um, they had a rule where caution flag and go to the back or uh, right. Uh, and there's a lot of them that caution flag throws and you're, you blend in wherever you, where you're going. I, I was against that, and I posted that quite a bit, but uh, I hope that wasn't why Cormac sold. Wait, but, uh, <laughs> I think I figured it out. <laughs> but there was a lot of issues with uh, the Nebraska 360 group, uh, and, and Craig just at one point, I mean, he sold all of his Burger King franchises, and he's still counting his money because uh, he's living yeah, good life. Yeah, Burger King Florida. franchises, they're now shit in this town. <laughs> yeah, it took Brandon, what, 15, 20 minutes just to get don't, through your food? Don't get me just started to get a on burger. That. Don't get me started on that. 
it's, yeah, it's more so. funny because we, we we do the podcast at my house and it was one week you had brad complaining about runza and then now yeah this week you know we, we do it at your house you would think you would feed us food for driving all the way out I, to hickman i i could get some chips we'd sound great eating some chips and dip down here with my pickup i spend probably three gallons of diesel to get here and back and that's, yeah that's 15 at least 15 bucks for to, to come out here and i i did i get yeah. we don't even make it's 15 a, it's bucks a good on this we show got some sponsors <laughs> for this show oh wait <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, so, yeah. So we're we're twelve minutes deep in this uh, this uh, rant. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we haven't even mentioned our guest <laughs> this week. Uh, winner at, at I thirty Speedway for the Short Track Nationals, Sam Habertief Jr. is going to be joining us. Uh, apparently, he is making the podcasting rounds this week as he's been on numerous shows already. Uh, so what the hell's one more, right, boys? Maybe yeah. we're we're just the finale of it. We'll we'll try to be with uh, original with some good questions, but. I, if he's been on two or three podcasts, what questions are left? So don't listen to any other ones. Just listen yeah, to ours. Just, just don't. We won't even tell you who's are, had him on. Are there other podcasts out there? Because all I hear <laughs> is a lot of commercials. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, we got some commercials, but not like, you know, that Wing Nation one where it's they start with You fucking said it, dude. And then in the middle, they have a commercial. You just said we're not going to say the names. Then Sorry. you open your mouth. Don't go to that one. If it has a sprint car on it, just don't go listen to it. <laughs> hey, we have a sprint car on ours. Dang it. No, we don't. Not, not anymore. Now. Not we, anymore. I have updated it. <laughs> changed it. All right. Before we take a break and get Sam on, Josh, I know you had a list of topics. Uh, I've not seen them. Um, normally, Ooh. yeah. Thanks for sharing. Them yeah. With normally this. with this show, Josh kind of runs off and tries to do his own thing. Then we say no. I usually, <laughs> I usually do like four or five questions, and we get knocked down to like one. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe I need to pick the best Start one. Start thinking better questions. <laughs> the okay. The one topic that me and you talked about when we were on our work retreat was the flow streaming deal where the track owner complaining that he only got a thousand dollars and that's equivalent of what? 33 tickets. He said, all right, let's uh, wait a couple weeks. Cause you already had a guest. We, we this, do so. have a, a guest. Why beat this, this dead so. horse anymore? So next, okay, next we have, We're gonna, I want to talk about high limits and world of outlaws. Are they going to be interchangeable and support each other or not? I no, think, next. I think, the, <laughs> I think the evidence is overwhelming right now. Yeah, you know, let's talk about that. I mean, I don't think it is. I think uh, we're going to see some teams drop off the world outlaw tour, but you could see some teams join who, I mean, I, there's, there's only one team out there, I think, that would join the duo right now, and that's uh, Tyler Courtney. So, not that I listen to those other podcasts that our guest is on, but he, we might ask him about it. He was asked about running an outlaw with the Outlaws or running an Outlaw style thing, and he said, actually, they've considered both. They're either going to run with the Outlaws, and he complained that... All right, why don't you just ask our guest out there in a couple minutes there, buddy? This is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> just no, there's no. I don't think no, there's and, any reason not to. To me, I don't know. It, I don't get what the big hangup is about not letting your driver. You're just trying to protect your identity. You're trying to protect your brand. Well, yeah. It, it, I mean, if you, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a, prof, a professional series, uh, you want fans to come to your series to watch your drivers. You don't want them. You want them to pay them the thirty five dollars a night. You don't want them to show up at track B for $25 a night and watch them race with series C knowing that, uh, that they're then two days later, they're not going to come and watch your driver. At the so outlaw, prime sure. example, I mean, it's not really apples, apples, but remember back in the day with the world outlaw gum out series. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't know there was a difference. This was back when I first started watching sprint cards. All I knew was the world outlaw name. Yeah. So world outlaws gum out series comes out to Eagle raceway. I'm like, fuck Eagle or world outlaws. Let's go. 
We get there. I'm like, where the fuck is Steve Kinzer? Where's Sammy's window? Where's the outlaw guys at? Right. So you're paying that lower price because the tickets were like 25 bucks or whatever. So versus $40 for a, a world outlaw race. You want to see the, you want your name, your world outlaw name to have those top guys in there. Right. There's a reason why the Steve Kinzer's and Sammy's didn't run the gum out series. It wasn't the top tier series. Yeah. But I would say that the gum out series was more based on building younger. It, it was. And like was. I said, I'm just saying that's, there's a reason why they weren't running those races though. Right. Because they were not the big dog race. But I don't feel like back then you had the all-star series. They did. Did they? Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. that the ASCS? All-Stars no. is older. All-Stars have been around forever and a day. Yeah. Now they're, they're older than the outlaws. But was the all-Stars more East coast? It's than more it was Ohio the, regional race. It, right. It's always been but, Ohio, Pennsylvania. Um, Pennsylvania. If, always you, if you listen to Blake Anderson, when he does the four wide, the all-Stars are the oldest traveling series in America. Yeah. Hmm. I, I mean, the gum out thing was cool. It was always neat seeing. But I'm just saying, like, you know, if you look at like High Limits as like a gum out thing, and I'm saying they're not trying to promote things, but you have your drivers that signed on with the World Outlaws. The Outlaws want those drivers to run their races and no, no other races. I agree. Um, the thing that I, it frustrates me is when I see that people want to say, well, look at Brent, Brent Marks. He's, he's the top money guy. It's, you take away his top two races that he won money at. He's not in first place. You know what I mean? The guys at a world of outlaws, I think there's what four or five in the top 10 money that shows you that the money is there in the world of outlaws to make the guys want to stay. I mean, you can, the high limits is going to help, you know, the lower, not the lower teams, but the mid tier teams that are good, but they need a place to race during the middle of the week. My thing is supposedly high limit is going to be only a midweek series and 22 races. (laughs) race teams can't live on 22 races and so and if you look the purse is pretty much high top heavy so you're going to get 20 22 to win and then not a lot not to even show up i don't think any team can strictly go high limit but if they if the outlaws are not going to let them to bounce i could see a a um Brent Marks type schedule where they'll race 80% outlaws and then they'll race all the high limit races and they just will forfeit their, uh, their travel money, their, their, uh, tow money. Do you think eventually the outlaws will stop allowing people to race then in their series? No, they can't afford to, no, can't afford not you, to. you need every car there. Yeah. Okay. That you can I didn't know if maybe they'll say, well, if you're not going to run with us, then you're not going to run gonna, with then us. Then you're going to have 12 cars. Yeah, that's true. When the yeah. outlaws come here in, uh, in on October fourteenth, if they were to do that to say five drivers, they're gonna they're gonna have eighteen cars there. Wow! So they're gonna they need all the drivers they can get. Now in Pennsylvania, it'd be a little different because they're gonna get forty five cars there. Uh, in Lincoln, Nebraska, it's gonna be. I mean, I would assume we're gonna get twenty eight to thirty four tens here, but uh, um, if you start limiting, uh, you're gonna get below 20 that makes sense i mean it, i was always kind of curious if they could ever just say you're not going to race with us but it makes sense why you need the other cars to help you know build your product but yeah yeah i don't really have any other questions a lot of my questions <laughs> you, we you already covered list. anyway what i was going to say about the high <laughs> limit deal is it's pretty evident that they're not working together because sheldon hodenshaw was going to promote a high limit race in uh, ohio um he was not allowed to race in that race. They got rained out. The outlaws go to Williams Grove to race. They got rained out on Saturday. 
Sheldon zips home to which track was it? Wayne County, and uh, he raced a uh, number forty-five car and he won the race. Um, how he got permission to do that? I it was know. not a high limit race. That's how he yeah, got permission. It was not a high limit race, but well, uh, short, short notice too. And, and he had to get permission, so uh, they let him to. They were not going to let him race at that track for the high limit race, but take away high limit and they let him race. So it's pretty evident that they're not going to. Uh, yeah, you work take away, you take away right a now. sanctioning body and just run a local Ford. I, I'm assuming it was a local Ford. Just show. a local Ford ten, yeah, yeah. Next so it wasn't on TV or anything like that. I think or, there was 18 cars there, but uh, he. Uh, he won, so that's pretty. That's pretty evident that they're not going to work together at least right now. So maybe they'll work in the off season, but uh, um, try I, don't, to I don't think this, they're going to work in the off season. I think, I think it's going to take a year or two, and the outlaws are going to finally see that that they're not the big dogs anymore. And as teams are not signing on, they're still going to get the cars. Let's let's be honest. Donnie Shaw's still going to run outlaw races. Mm -hmm. Sheldon's still going to run outlaw races. Brad Sweet's still going to run outlaw races. Whether or not they're full-time outlaw guys and getting the extra incentives, that's going to be a different story. But you can see, you can see Brad Sweet. I'm just throwing his name out there as since he's one of the uh, co-owners of the High Limit things. I could see him dropping off the Outlaw Tour to run both the High Limits and still win the Outlaw Championship. Can you win the Outlaw Championship if you don't run with there the you not, not if you do, if you're not a premier member. But you're still first in points. You might not get right, the money, but you know, the fact of the matter be, is you're you're still the outlaw right. champion. Here's gonna be probably the deciding factor on if driver a driver does or does not compete with the role of outlaws. Napa Auto Parts. Yep. A sponsor will say, I want my car to race against the best. I want my car on the World of Outlaw Tour, otherwise my name is not going to be on the side of your car. So they're going to be forced to race with the world of outlaws. And, and I just said Napa because Napa is a, uh, a corporate major yeah, corporate you can, sponsorship. You Napa, NOS, at, and I couldn't um, think of what the Donnie Shots Donny Shots sponsor was car, car quest advanced auto parts. Yeah. Those guys want their name on dirt vision. They want their name with the, against the best series. They want their name out there. And so they're, they will have a big say. And if we learned anything with our interview with Troy last week or last time he was on. Yeah. Sponsors have a lot of say in what Absolutely. goes on on a race team. Yep. That's why I brought that up. I, I remember Troy saying that you have to work with the sponsors. And uh, with the World of Outlaws, the sponsors are going to have a big say where they go. Well, they're the ones you're promoting their products. So if your product's not in the major event, of course they're not going to want to have you as a sponsor. To, to sponsor you, well, maybe you'll sponsor somebody else. Just just with what you just said a little bit ago about how uh, the, the race that Sheldon won, nobody knows it because it was not on, it was not streamed. Right. So if they had NOS on the side of his car, which they didn't because it was a different car, right. not nobody saw mm -hmm. that that that. So they got zero return on their investment for that night of racing. So they want you in front of dirt vision flow racing they want you in front of the tv and with dirt vision showing every world of outlaw race on uh live uh they they want their name out there well was there any photos of him winning so you didn't even yeah. get did you even I, see saw the my, car? I saw it on twitter oh, there's yeah. no photos for me because i didn't take no damn photos a retired photographer yeah <laughs> so you don't go to the racetracks take photos anymore oh, yeah. retired <laughs> they, they had pictures on twitter of, of him in winter circle so but I mean, but all you remember is he won a race in a 47 car. 45. Not 45. Oh, exactly. I didn't, I didn't even know what the number was. So you didn't hear like he won in Joe Schmo's automotive car. You know, it's by not being on TV, no one's going to remember what car you're in. They'll just know you won. 
All right, so here you go. With more and more tracks closing their seasons early, with keyboard commandos complaining, fighting tempers going overboard, what do you think hurts? Do you think this hurts the sport, or is this just dirt racing is passion, and this is what comes with it? All that shows is people are assholes, and they don't know what the fuck they're talking about 90% of the time. Uh, I I guess this kind of this question surprises me because I don't know of any tracks that close early because of that. I know a couple of tracks have closed early because um, supply issues, car counts were low, purses were low, nobody coming to the races, and they closed for that reason. But um, I've never heard of a track closing because of um, fight excessive fighting and all that stuff. So apparently there was a track out in what bombfuck Tennessee called Friendship, Friendship Speedway. Speedway. Apparently it was not very friendly out there, and there's. <laughs> Guys pissed off, and if you can, and by I say bumfuck Tennessee, I you can probably guess what kind of cars they race out there, Brad. Yeah, yard cars, tuners. Well, and it, you know, I reached out to Dirt Empire, and I reached out to the guy that wrote the article because I was curious to know what track. And yeah, it he had also quoted Crawford County Speedway shutting the doors for a couple classes for like three weeks because of the tempers and because of the reaction they were giving to staff and stuff like that yeah it just shows that people are assholes and if you don't like it fuck you don't come here um i mean it even I, don't, I don't mind it i mean if, if a, just start if, banning them yeah if a track is unhappy with the clientele that or not i shouldn't say clientele but with what the racers are doing out there i'll get rid of them well and at this same track they quote saying that you know they've had to f- repair the bathrooms in there because people trashing because people are disrespectful and yeah. people are said, assholes they said we pay twenty thousand twenty thousand dollars insurance for a premium and we're constantly fixing things because of either fighting or just people disrespecting the track in a whole. Well, I think, unfortunately, uh, I think you need to hire a few security guards to get out there and start policing the area. I mean, it's unfortunate. It just, uh, you would like to be able to self-enforce and you see somebody destroying something, go up there and just knock them out. But I'm not big enough to do that. So I couldn't do that. <laughs> but uh, you're, hey, you're going to have to do like that a, new manual labor job. Oh, about yeah, a year. You some, might be big enough muscles. to do it. You're going to have to do like Eagle does uh, hire off duty state patrol officers. You're going to have to do, I don't know. I think I 80 had like two people there in security. Yeah. You're just going to have to have people out there that are visible and keeping an eye out for stuff like that. And you're just going to have to do it. It just, it's just where we're at. It just shows that people need to be better though. Yeah, absolutely. It's not rocket science folks. Yeah. I mean, we, we were texting back and forth about this and I even made a, a comment. I said, part of the reason why I haven't went to Eagle was because I took my daughter there and there was a fight right in front of us between two fans because of some move a guy did. And it got to fists. It's and no you're one sitting in the drunk section. Go sit in the family <laughs> section, Josh. But no one, no one came down to stop it. And it's like then you're having to explain it to your kids. You know what's going on, and you know, and my wife, who's she enjoys racing enough, but it turns them off. I mean, if if you're on the fence of coming, I mean that to me that turned me off from wanting to be out there. And I agree with you. I'm, I'm not a person that thinks that fighting, there's a place for fighting and racing. Um, people make a big deal about it and bring them out on the front stretch and let them fight there. I, I just don't, I think it's, I don't think it's Bush League. I think that. So what do you think about fighting and hockey there, buddy? I still don't get that. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand how it either. That is, is, is a factor. I don't understand it. But uh, I remember my first fight that I ever saw 
we were up at uh, Black Hill Speedway in Rapid City, South Dakota. And um, it was after the races, and we're down around the car that my dad worked on. Dean, um, it was uh, Kenny McCarty's car. And we're sitting there, and then the, the, the bomber next to us, um, a guy came up and started talking crap about how big of a piece of junk it is. And, and pretty soon they were throwing fists at it. And, and the, the guy that was talking shit, was, he was bent over backwards inside the cockpit. The guy, he got his ass kicked. But I remember that. I was probably eight nine years old i remember that like it was yesterday and i i was standing right there but uh um i i just don't think there's a place for it and there's a there's a lot of people if you're gonna fight bring it out to the front stretch and i'll give you 50 bucks to do it and like you mean settle it like gentlemen i mean yeah yeah i know i know there's tempers and all that stuff but i just i agree i don't think there's a place for fighting i just handle it behind the scenes handle it in the front office don't handle it by throwing fisticuffs because it gets out of hand quickly. Well, it's always the heat of the moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like it, it's not. And you go back to the to sponsorship happen. thing. Yeah. Um, sponsors don't want to be affiliated with that. Nope. And so if, if uh, two prominent world of outlaw drivers have these major sponsorships, get into a big fisticuff fight, um, I, the sponsors are not going to be happy about that. No, not at all. You mentioned Dirt Empire Magazine, Josh. We got a little care package there from we, the we did week. get a we did get. What are your something. thoughts of, uh, of of the magazine? You know, I looked through it and a couple episodes or not episodes, a couple of magazines that we got. Uh, Ashley was nice enough to give us. Shoot, she gave us the last what five ones that had majority about sprint cars in it, and you know, I I've kind of read through the one about the Knoxville Nationals. I love all the photos in it. Not that I'm a big reader for most parts but you love the photos in there yeah not my photos is your photos in there no no well they they have good ones that's no but i read a couple i mean mine are too good for the magazine that's why mine are in there you know what i have read you know honestly though if i I would actually respond to justin's emails that he sends out to me i probably would have some in there but (laughs) you know but let's be honest i'm lazy they are good articles they're not like the the photo the photos and the way they set it up you know i used to be a big I used to have a subscription to Sprint and Midget magazine. I stopped because it just became, I hate to say this, too wordy on things. And this, I words like, are hard for Josh. <laughs> <laughs> this seems more my style. Like, I mean, a lot of photos on every on every page, and just not just overkill of language. I mean, I I literally I read the first article in it, which talked about what we just talked about about a track shutting down, and I reached out to uh, the name the uh, the editor of it adam adam and he he got back to me right away he's he's always he's been very easy to work with very easy to talk to um and it's great to get apparently you probably haven't listened the the uh the episode when we had justin on when they launched dirt empire magazine no i did listen to that but that was like a long time ago (laughs) (laughs) it was like Maybe seven, ten episodes ago. It wasn't that But is he originally from Flat Out, or is he from Sprint and Justin started with Flat Out. Okay, that's what I thought. And that morphed into Dirt Monthly, then it morphed into what is now Dirt Empire. You know, and I handed off. I She actually gave us some to put at our shop, so they're sitting in the in the entranceway. But I gave my neighbor one, and he, he thanked me. He's like, this is actually a lot of easy to read. And he let his son look at it. He's like, is it okay if I cut pictures out of it? He wanted, you know, his son wanted to cut pictures out of it. I was like, go for it. If he wants pictures, I know a guy who sells photos. <laughs> I know two guys. I'm sitting next to him. 
Oh wait, Brad, do you sell photos? <laughs> well, I could if I wanted, if I even knew where they were at. Uh, it's been a while since I took a photo. So tell me, you still have all your stuff, though? I do. Okay, I, I, they're all underneath the stairs in a big plastic tote. So, is, Brad, is your site even up? Nope. So how are they going to buy photos if we can't even go to the site? I have an email address. I have a phone number. <laughs> I tried that with Joe. It don't work. <laughs> Got to have better customer service. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back uh, with some more BS, and then we'll get Sam on the phone as well. It's the last chance to catch local sprint car action at the I-80 Speedway, Saturday, October 1st. It's the final Midwest Fall Brawl, presented by Casey's, featuring Malvern Banks 360 Sprint Cars, Race Saber Sprint Cars, Super Late Models, and Mod Lights. Adult tickets are just $20, $5 for ages 6 to 12, 5 and under get in free. Grandstand gates open at 4.30. Racing starts at 6. October 1st, it's the final Midwest Fall Brawl, brought to you by Casey's at the I-80 Speedway. Dirt Empire Magazine is the ultimate dirt track racing only magazine in the world. Featuring interviews, opinions, event photos, tech, and 100% racing action. Each issue includes late models, modified sprint cars, and more. Big event photos from the best photographers in the sport. And great one-on-one -on -one interviews with the top drivers as well as grassroots racers. Pick up a copy of Dirt Empire Magazine today at select tractor supply stores or other area retailers. Or get your subscription today at DirtEmpireMagazine.com. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. This time I'm talking laptop screen replacement. We've all made the mistake of dropping our laptop. Maybe one of our animals stepped on it. Maybe we set something heavy on top of it and we just didn't realize it was too heavy. And you go to turn that laptop screen on, there's a giant crack across it. That doesn't mean your laptop is completely worthless. In just a couple of days of turnaround, I can easily get your laptop screen replaced. And usually it's for a pretty reasonable price. Don't think your laptop is completely wasted just because you have a broken screen on it. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641, or shoot me an email, tailoredcomputersandrepair at gmail.com. I'd be glad to give you an estimate on how much it's going to cost to replace your laptop screen. All right, guys, whoa. welcome back to whoa, Quick Time. Whoa, whoa. What, 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 what? That's a Nickelback song. You hate Nickelback. Everybody hates Nickelback, but they the got hell? some bangers. I love Nickelback. I can't believe you're playing a Nickelback song and you you just bash on Nickelback every chance you get. Wait, that's a band? <laughs> <laughs> I listen to hip hop. I don't know anything about that stuff. <laughs> he he lives such a sheltered life. <laughs> he does. <laughs> we gotta get him out more often. Well, anyway, go ahead. He, he he sits on his couch while he's racing. I mean, hey. at least he has clothes on and is not doing it in his underwear. Brad did tell me he got here before you. He goes, oh, I could sit here all day. I don't know why you'd ever want to leave. I basement. told you why I was late. It was fucking Burger King. Well, no, I'm just saying. If you would feed us food, I wouldn't have to stop all right, and get I'm, dinner. I will supply food next next week. I got some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. We're good to go. Peanut butter, jelly time. <laughs> peanut butter, Wait, jelly I time. It, I could I could make some flat grill flat grill chicken fried rice that might compete up with with brad's oh that, that looks so that good, looked brad. Really it was, good it was delicious had it for lunch again tonight that's a, it tastes even better the next day too no, it's, it so good. uh would you recommend putting that on the racetrack menu absolutely it's, it's easy to eat top that it'd be <laughs> it'd be hard to make that bulk in bulk but uh, yeah. if we they do to, it at the hawaiian grill yeah. at, up in knoxville they make that they can't make it fast enough i know that hawaiian grill is money Josh wouldn't know. I mean, you'd have to leave the house. Hey, I went to the pumpkin patch this weekend, so you know, I went away. Do you know where Knoxville is? <laughs> Tennessee. I have been there <laughs> multiple years. 
This is a long time ago. <laughs> Multiple years. I had hair, long I think, time. the last time I went there. <laughs> it was not that long. It was not that long ago. You haven't had hair since you were twelve. Dang it. That's true. No, that's not true. I did shave my head once when I was little and I, I showed my kids they saw a picture of when my hair was growing back for class photos and my mom was not happy. She's like, Well, this will be the one year you'll always remember and I'm like, Yep. So I'd explain to my what kids. Why don't we turn this podcast anyway. into? <laughs> We're supposed to be anyway. talking race cars here. <laughs> let's talk to Sam. Yeah, let's get let's get Sam on and uh, you know bring back the people on the show because they haven't turned the dial already. Not bad. <laughs> we are talking about food. It changes it all. Brad, you gonna put some of those stickers on your car? Negative Ghost Rider. What stickers? There you go. There you go. You put it, on your put it right on your on your on your water bottle. No, water Billy. Nope. Special stickers go on that bad boy. Is that stickers that we made? Yep. Nice. That's, they still stick. Did you, say, like, you were selling them. They're like nine you? years old. I, I was trying to, but not one person bought them. Maybe we should this, make a shop. This is sold. a Gary Lee Meyer photo that I took at IAD, or at uh, Mid, Mid-Continent, Mid-Nebraska Speedway many, many, many years ago. And I, I worked on it and cleaned it up. And then I gave it to you. And you guys worked your magic and... And printed a whole bunch of them off for For me. those who cannot see, because we're on the radio, it's, it's, <laughs> a, uh, it's a sprint car that's plain white. But it's nice. It's a silhouette of a sprint car. Yeah. And it's zooming. It does it's not look like Gary Lee Meyer. I can show you the photo. 11X? 11XX? Yep. Yep. It's pretty cool. Maybe we could always see. Brad, you need to post it on the, the QuickTime thing, and maybe we could sell a couple of those. You're, you're, the, uh, you're the photo guy there, Josh. You pay, pay for some gas. You're the, one that, you're the one that sends out our social media and... I only All have access to Facebook, so if you don't see anything on Twitter, that's because Brandon has to do that. <laughs> <laughs> or Brad. Brad does it too. The show back on track here. Yeah, you damn right. I got what happened out there. I'm fine. I just had to deal with my asshole uh, teammate, Steve Kemp. Uh, wasn't happy with me for crowding, but shit, I wanted to win. Come here, come here. Come here. Come here. Pisser. Piece of shit. All right, guys, joining us on the program now, as we teased earlier, Sam Hafer, Team Jr., fresh off that win at I-30 Speedway, and I guess uh, fresh off the podcast tour. Uh, before we get started, uh, Sam, how's it going? How's uh, how's your week been? It's been good, you know, just uh, just cleaning all the I-30 dirt off. Uh, you know, we had had a really good weekend down there, and it's uh, a lot easier in the shop uh, working on it after a big win like that. You mentioned you're cleaning that dirt off. Are you putting any of that in, in a jar and saving it? I was it? just going to ask that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we've we got a decent amount left in the trailer. We could we could probably put it in a jar beside the truth. <laughs> wait, wait a couple years. You could probably sell it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Sam, you, you uh, uh, were down there at I-30 Speedway, uh, and everybody knows that's the last race of, uh, of this long history of that track. Um I guess you're going out uh, in the history book as the winner, the last winner of that track. Uh, um, I don't know if you're sentimental or anything, but does that really mean anything to you to, to go in the record books as the last winner at I-30 Speedway? Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot to me just because, you know, I I raced at that place when I was 16 years old. And, you know, like I, I told some other people, we'd been coming there for 20 years. And, and you know, we we felt like we should have won that race you know, more than just twice that I've won it and always like, you know, just we always felt like the, that race win eluded us and, and, uh, you know, we got it in 20 and then I got just, it, just in 20, it just didn't feel like short track nationals to me. 
and then you know and obviously because covid and everything but uh, like this time it, it really actually felt like the short track nationals you know you had a pretty stout field uh it was probably one of the best fields they've had in a while and it was just you know it just had a lot of prestige behind it obviously being the last one um pretty emotional i think for us just because how long i've been going to that racetrack and how many times we've raced there and uh you know just a, a lot of fans there that you know behind us as well so it's definitely big to pick up a win like that for us were there any fans in the stands in 20 when you won it yeah, I mean, it's a short tracks always had a reasonable amount of fans, no matter you know what year we've ever went, whether it was you know twenty or any of the other years. This year just really you know outdid everything I've ever seen at that place. Uh, it was unbelievable how full the pits were and you know how full the stands were. It was uh, really incredible. I was just curious if they re- restricted admissions it means it was COVID thing. That's, it's that's Arkansas. Was, <laughs> yeah, that's true yeah, too. Right. So I was down there in, I want to say, 07, 08, and you mentioned in the crowds. The crowd was pretty good there, but on Saturday night, I mean, you couldn't find an empty seat in that place. I mean, it was standing room only. You were butt cheek to butt cheek. So it, it must have been pretty cool to, to win in front of a crowd like that. Oh, yeah, it was unbelievable. I guess they have one one set of stands taped off at the end just because, uh, I guess, the insurance reasons or something like that. But yeah, I guess there were so many fans, they took the tape down and actually filled that stand up too. So uh, <laughs> pretty incredible, the turnout that they had. Probably the guys with ski goggles and helmets on trying to sit down there. <laughs> <laughs> My issue with the, the short track nationals is I, I used to be a night, a night owl. Man alive, you guys race until wee hours in the morning. I, I can't stay awake that long. I have to watch the highlights the next day. How do you, how do you guys stay focused for that long of a uh, a day, especially if it gets a late start due to weather or anything? Yeah, I mean, that place there, I, I think the reason it ran so late, you know, Saturday night was just mainly because, you know, they had a lot of, you know, ceremony, pre-ceremony stuff like to before we started just uh you know obviously honor tracy clay and, and the clay family you know out on the front straightaway i bet that took 45 minutes uh you know there was uh, a pretty big deal out there so that yeah that's obviously kind of set us back some and and uh you know just really there wasn't you know there's just a lot of race cars like when there's no other place that races that many cars in one night you know so like you know lucas oil speedway they'll do it you know with with the non-wing cars and and the wing cars but you know when you race 87 cars in one night you know it's it's going to put you behind quite a bit for sure you mentioned 87 cars but when it came down to it was pretty much you and aaron reitzel that everybody was talking about talk about your battle with him and the in the closing laps uh on saturday night yeah i mean when we when we unloaded i figured he would be you know, the guy, you know, I figured it'd come down to me and him no matter what. Uh, we've, like I say, I've raced with him several years back in ASCS and some 410 stuff now. And and uh, just he's always been really good at that place. And, and we've always been really good there. So I figured when we unloaded, that would be the two cars, you know, going after it. And, you know, and it was, uh, you know, he, <clears throat> he started on the pole. So, you know, we started third, which... I kind of like that just to kind of let him set the pace of how he wanted to run his race. And, and then I could kind of monitor where he was at and then kind of choose where I wanted to be. And, uh, I felt like if I ever, you know, tried to pressure him, you know, 
if I could stay within, you know, distance of them to where I could pressure them once we got the traffic, I felt like, you know, we could, we could definitely make a move because when you got two guys like us out front like that, both cars pretty quick, probably running similar lap times, the whole feature, you know, you're probably not going to pass each other in open track. You know, it's going to take lap traffic or, you know, somebody, you know, being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And, and that's kind of what happened. Like, I think it's, I think I took the lead on like lap 18 or 19 or something like that. Uh, we caught lap traffic and, you know, he rolled to the top and then the bottom actually opened up after we cleared one car. And then I kind of showed my nose in one and two. And then, you know, after I showed the nose down there, I think he, he either tripped up on the curb in three and four or something like that. And I was running the middle of three and four. And when I run the middle through there, I was getting a really good run. I was using like the, the hole getting into three to actually help me. I was able to navigate through it and not get too biked up. So once I did that and took the lead, it was just, I was just trying to manage the race. I wasn't trying to run super, super hard, just try to be in the right spot at the right time. And, and we probably, we've been running mostly just because of lap cars being on the bottom of one and two, we'd have to run the top of one and two. And I still run the middle of three and four all race. And, you know, I come off the middle of three and four, I guess, I don't know, seven to go, maybe five, seven to go, somewhere in that range, and and uh, come up, and he got a good run off of four. And then, you know, as I was coming up, you know, he, you know, he hit me in the bumper and turned me into the fence, uh, you know, from a vantage point, from a camera angle, you know, people are going to say, oh, well, you came up on him, you know. You know, as racers, we kind of know where we're at, and and uh, you know, so we he kind of put me in the wall there. You know, bent front axle, bent right front wheel, knocked the ladder out of the car, and you know, at the same time, it knocked his front wing back too. So when that happened, it pretty much killed his race because he had no nose wing or he, whatever nose wing he had was flipped up, and and uh, us, we just we were kind of limping along at the last five laps because you know he had no ladder in the car and bent front axle, so. Uh, it probably, it was probably a little more detrimental to him, but you know, we, like I say, with that happening, it definitely sealed the deal up for us. You mentioned the camera angle and you know how, how people can say that you drove up on him to me, the fact that you get hit in the ass end, it's, it's always on the, on the guy's fault behind you. I mean, they have bricks for a reason, even with slide jobs that you see people like with Logan Shuhart and Carson Macedo a couple weeks ago out there in California where, where Logan slid him and Carson got in the back of him. To me, that's always the guy in the back who's ultimately at fault or has a responsibility to either tap those brakes or, or, uh, take the consequences. Yeah, I, I, just, I guess what, I guess what made me the most upset was just, I just was trying to figure out why he did it because I felt like if he had such a good run, I don't know why he just didn't slide me into one and just, you know, because he'd easy, easily cleared me with the run he had coming off a of four. So I don't know if like he thought he could get me and then it would end my race. Cause he, you know, put me in the fence or, or what, you know, and then he just went or, you know, like, or if he thought sliding me, I'd have a, t a chance to get him back. I don't know. You know, like, I, I don't know what other people think when they're driving, but, uh, I just would, I think that's what made me the most mad is like, he could have passed me clean and probably still give him a chance to win. And then he just ended his whole chance to win because it knocked his nose wing down. Well, to, to piggyback on your question, Brandon was, I've always kind of wondered this with sprint car racing or dirt racing in, in a sense is do you guys have unwritten rules when it comes to passing? Like, is there a time that you, you, 
you know as a driver that I need to let off or the other guy needs to let off? Like, is there like an unwritten rule to it? I mean, you know, everybody has their own idea of what they think's, you know, what they consider clean. Uh, I mean, but if you go back, like I used to race with Gary Wright years ago, you know, and, and when he raced, there was no chops, there was no slide jobs. There was none of that. Like it was, I mean, like Gary Wright is, I always enjoyed watching him race and I, I still admire him to this day. He's like one of those guys that could go out and race and he just beat you in a different line. He wouldn't chop you to take your line away. He wouldn't slide you, you know, he would never do any of that stuff. And, you know, obviously sprint car racing, it's evolved. I mean, you know, guys are running harder and what's considered clean now versus, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you know, it, things change, you know, and, uh, you just, you, you, you move on with it and it is what it is. You know, I, I think, uh, I guess what, as a race car driver, if you feel like you blatantly get hit, that's what you consider, you know, not clean. But like, if a guy slides you hard and you got to check up, I'm okay with that. Like it, I mean, if, if he's going to hit you in the left front and you got to check up and drive back underneath him, you know, you just do that. I mean, and most guys, if it's not a blindside hit or it's not a direct punch, I mean, I usually consider all that stuff fair game, you know, like, you know, like a perfect example, like, you know, like it, 360 nationals i got on the side of clint garner didn't plan on doing that you know i apologized to him you know i said man hey, i didn't mean to do that but like you know in our game now i mean guys don't even apologize anymore it's just so you know <laughs> you just go on and it's okay like it's you know like but i'm i feel like you know at the end of the day like i respect my guy the guys we race with enough to where if i make a mistake i'm gonna say hey, man I, I didn't mean to do that or whatever and you know, th- those days are long gone in our sport anymore. Yeah, I hate the way it's those type of situations are played out on Twitter. That doesn't uh, solve any issues. Uh, I applaud you for going up to, to Clint and face-to-face and, and taking care of it because uh, we were talking earlier before this episode uh, started taping how I'm not a big fan of fighting. people. There's a, people out there that love to see a fight. Um, I'm, I'm not a fan of the fight. I think that, uh, uh, you need to be in a mature adult and, and handle it off to the side and, and take care of the situation that way, because too many kids get, I remember that stuff and sponsors are not happy and it just, uh, it just snowballs out of control. If, uh, if things get out, if things get out of control. Well, for sure. I, I gotta say, I, I, your, your black car that you ran at short, short track nationals was beautiful. Um, but it's kind of hard to see on a track that's not very well lit. But your red car, I think your red car is probably one of the nicest cars out there this year. I just got to say that. I, I don't know why, but that red with a little bit of yellow in it, it just pops. And I, I just love your red car. He's a huge is, Nebraska that thing fan, is sharp. too. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate that. We appreciate it. We've, we, uh, yeah, the, the, the black car actually, you know, it really looks cool in the daytime and then at nighttime, even at Knoxville, it just doesn't stand out the way I thought it was going to stand yeah. out. But, uh, all in all, like in the daytime, it, it looks really cool. And, and we enjoyed doing that car and it's just like a, you know, just a one-time special deal. You know, we probably won't do much like that anymore. Well, I got to ask now, uh, is which one are we going to see at I 80 speedway on October 14th? Are we going to see one? Oh, uh, we we won't we won't be at we won't be at I eighty October fourteenth. We're uh, we got uh, obligations to go to Devil's Bowl that weekend. Oh, yeah. I, I, 
it might be Devil's Bowl's last uh, two races there, you know, similar to like I-30 situation. So it's, you know, right in my backyard, 10 minutes from yeah. my house. Uh, we definitely are going there for sure. What's going on with Devil's Bowl? I haven't heard about Devil's Bowl. Uh, the rumor is, you know, they're selling out. So, you know, I don't really want to miss if it is the last oh, opportunity wow. for us to race there. You know, I grew up there my whole life. So right. if it is the last opportunity for us to race there, I definitely want to Holy be there. Holy buckets. That's another track, gonna a great track being lost. You know, and you had said on a different podcast that the two tracks you raced at the most in racing growing up or, you know, in the beginning are Devil's Bowl and I-30. I mean... How hard is that to lose tracks like that that you kind of grew up, you know, major mark on? How does that feel? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough, but you know, it's it's the reality of you know where things are going, in, you know, in our racing world. You know, like racing down in the south, sprint car racing, you know, isn't as strong as it is in places like Pennsylvania, you know, and, and stuff like that. And so it's not, you know, it's I don't think it's strong enough to hold on to those places. You know, obviously they're bigger races; they get lots of fans, but it's not every night. Like you go to PA to Lincoln and they're like, it looks like they're sold out every night. You know, if you go to, you know, a handful of these places, it, it'll blow you away. And then, you know, down in the South, you know, if we have an ASC show at devil's bowl, I mean, we're lucky to get, you know, a thousand people on the second night, you know, and, and, uh, it just doesn't, you know, and that's probably enough to make the cut to make a little money for the track owner. But, you know, for the type of money these developers and, and other type of things are putting into these places and, and offering, I mean, yeah, I, I don't blame the tracks for, for uh, selling, for sure. So, Sam, we, we got a handful of races left in the uh, season. What Are you already working on plans for next year, or what, can you have any idea what you're going to do next year? Yeah, we're always in the works, you know, like we've been trying to plan for next year at Knoxville. You know, we, we try to get ahead of the game a little bit. Uh, you know, some of our stuff kind of fell through. Some of it's, you know, still okay. Uh, you know, there's been ramblings that our owner wants to go outlaw racing. There's, you know, ramblings that, you know, he wants to do an outlaw type schedule. Just, you know, with the high limit deal coming out, uh, it's, it's, you know, obviously it's, it's a pretty lucrative deal and, and it's hard to pass up stuff like that. So, you know, if you commit to the outlaws, you're going to give that up, you know, and, and so we're just, you know, kind of on the fence about what we want to do. And obviously it's about personnel, you know, with the kind of people you have that work for you, you know, do you have enough, you know, do you have guys that are wanting to do, you know, the outlaw deal, you know, cause you can't just go out there, you know, and just have three guys and say, Hey, we're going outlaw racing. I mean, you, you've got to have guys that are ready to to make that kind of commitment and and so you know all that kind of stuff will you know dictate what we do going into next year now as a guy on the outside kind of looking in do you do you feel that it's either more lucrative to run like an outlaw type schedule where you can run the high limits or commit to something like the outlaws and run them full-time i don't know how the uh the bonus money with the outlaws and all that work all that works but to me on the outside looking looking in i think it'd be more better financially i mean obviously it depends on where you guys finish but if you can run both those series yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you know, with Outlaws, if you're in the top 10, you get your 500 toe, you get your dirt vision money every night, um, you know, obviously, plus the purse, you know, and they race 80, 80 times roughly, uh, and then point fund at the end of the year, which is pretty damn good. So, you know, you got to look at that side of it. And then obviously, if you're on the platinum level, you get to take your t-shirt to all those Outlaw shows. Well, if on the flip side, if you do like the open schedule, you can't take your t-shirt trailer to any platinum 
outlaw shows. Like you can't take your t-shirt trailer, any outlaw shows unless you're a platinum member. So you miss out on the money there on the t-shirt side. Um, but obviously it opens you up to run a lot more races as well. So, you know, you're still able to take your trailer to PA and the all-star shows and obviously the high limit shows. So, you know, it's just, it really just depends like, you know, where guys are at, like this high limit deal for, for an all-star guy or for a PA guy. I mean, it's beautiful. Like it's, you know, there are already, you know, PA guys are already lucky to have the tracks that they have and, and to be able to race as much as they are. And then just with this still coming out, I mean, it, it's going to be good for a lot of guys that, that can't commit to an outlaw schedule for sure. I'm going to ask you a question about the high limit in the world of outlaws. And if you don't feel comfortable answering it, don't, uh, please don't. I completely understand. You can, but, tell, you can tell Brad to F off. It'd be all right. But yeah. <laughs> is, we talked about this before you got on. Um, to me, it looks pretty evident that the outlaws and high limit are not going to be working together, meaning the outlaw drivers are not going to be able to get to run with the high limit series. Um, I'm sure there's probably a lot of stuff that has not been decided for next year yet when between the two series, but, but are you waiting for, to see what develops before you, is that one of the things that's going to help you decide where you're going to commit, commit to next year, if they're going to be working together or, or not allowing uh, outlaws to race with high limit? I, I don't think that's a deciding factor for me at all. Honestly, like I like what the high limit has in place. I think it's great. I think it gives other guys another avenue. Uh, and I also like what the outlaws have to offer. Like they've, they've, they've started up in their game too. You know, they, they've started adding dirt vision money to some of these guys. Uh, I mean, they've started up in their purses, you know, obviously everybody thinks, well, it should be more, it should be more. And I'm not denying that it should be, but I think that, you know, if you didn't have a guy like Kyle Larson and Brad Sweet getting behind the high limit deal, you know, it wouldn't take off. You know, you got to have some people of that stature to, to build it. And, and they do have the right people doing that. So uh, I think that I think it's a damn good deal, but I'm not waiting to, to see how all that plays out for me to make my decision. It'll our decision will be made, made on basically, you know, how we are with personnel and, you know, how we're set up, you know, that'll be our main, main approach going into next year. It will have nothing to do with, with what, what they come up with. You know, something that uh, Sheldon Hoddenchild said in an interview that he, he races with the world of outlaws because he wants to beat the best. He doesn't want to go to Joe, you know, to some smaller track and race. He wants to know if he wins, he wins against the best. Do you feel the same way that, you know, I want to be on the outlaws. I want to compete with the best regardless i think i think everybody if they have the opportunity to that's what they want to do i mean you know and it's so hard now because of you know personnel issues are probably the hardest thing i mean there's so hard to find guys that actually want to go on the road and commit to that you know and that i mean i don't think there's any driver in the country that would turn turn down the the outlaw deal i mean it's it's obviously it's it's the best game in town and it has been for years. Um, but you know, on the flip side, if guys can get home every week, if they're out of Indy or wherever they're out of, they can get home every week. You know, that means a lot to even crew guys. I mean, it's, that's probably, like I said, I think that's the biggest thing holding our industry back right now is, you know, personnel. I mean, that's, it's so hard. You know, there's, there's so many, so many teams out there and we can't, we don't have enough crew chiefs. We don't have enough tire guys. We don't have enough car chiefs. Like it's so hard to fill all those positions that, and it's getting harder. And I think that's, uh, that's, that's the 
that's the situation most people are 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 having issues with i think and and that's kind of where everything's at right now i'll tell you what sam i'll, I'll come out and be your crew chief but i probably won't be worth a damn so i could show up and promote <laughs> you pretty good <laughs> brad brad could help you with the physical therapy part you know if you i'm retired <laughs> oh yeah that's right I'm retired. Uh, i do have one question what is the one big race that you want on your resume before it's over and you can't say nationals. And that's- <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's so many of them. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a realist, too, you know, where we're at with things. Uh, you know, it, it really depends, you know, like my whole biggest thing I wanted to do, like when we ran the 360 deal and we'd won all the races that we'd won, is just to make sure I won everyone. You know, and then we almost got the nationals, the 360 nationals this year. I mean, it's it's the one that's – and we, we actually got East Bay at the beginning of the year. And then we, we just won short track nationals at the end of the year. Like, like I said, I know I won short track nationals in 20, but it just didn't seem like the real deal. And I felt like, you know, the 360 nationals was the one that I hadn't crossed off my list. That would, you know, it'd be like a complete, you know, complete deal for me on that. Uh, since we did spend so much of my career running the 360 deal, uh, that was one thing that we wanted to, that was on the bucket list that we wanted to knock off. And then, you know, obviously, any of the big marquee races are, are races that everybody wants to win. And, and uh, but like, if our team doesn't ever get set up in the place to where we, you know, feel like we're, you know, in contention to do any of that stuff, I mean, you know, it doesn't become a reality to me. So, you know, it doesn't mean you pull into the gate thinking you can't win these races, but unless you're set up properly and you have, you know, the right, right guys behind you and the right team behind you, you know, it's, it's nearly impossible to win stuff like that with, without all that. Kind of changing directions here. Do you guys still own Lone Star Speedway there in Texas? No, we sold last year in September. Okay. Well, one of the, we were talking about this before you got on. We, we were talking a lot before you got on. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were talking about owning a racetrack, and ID Speedway is supposedly sold by uh, Copart Bottom, supposedly. And we were talking about why would anybody want to own a racetrack right now? If you could afford three, four, five million dollars, whatever it is to buy a racetrack, why would you want that headache? Um, and I was just curious if you guys still own that track. And because you guys owned it for what, I'm guessing 10 years? Yeah, over every bit of 10 years, yeah. yes, sir. Every bit. See, you brought how, that. <laughs> how can you shed some light on what kind of a headache it was? Did you guys experience the crap that's going on in, in uh, what was it, in Tennessee? There's a track that's closing because there were death threats to the owners and people Tearing were destroying the track stands, every night yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, nothing nothing we ever had was nothing that, that extreme, obviously. But, I mean, there are hardships. I mean, the number one problem is all these people think that these racetracks make all this money. And, you know, obviously that's not the point. It's not even close. You know, there most tracks, most tracks have an owner that has a decent amount of money that purchases the racetrack in hopes of giving play, giving people a place to race, you know, and then if he can make a little money along the way, great. You know, as long as he's not losing his ass every year, you know, guys will stay in operation. But, mm-hmm. you know, I guess for my dad, he's uh, he's a, you know, he's a kind of guy that always liked to, you know, please, please people, like make them happy, give them a place to race, you know. But in our industry, you know, it's not common for anybody to praise these people. And, and what happens is, you know, and you see it time and time again, 
you know, praise these guys and they bust their asses. Racetrack business is a lot of work. It's, it's way more work. It's racing in general is the same everywhere. The racing, you know, being a race car driver, being, you know, owning a race team, all that stuff is a lot of work, uh, working on, you know, and same way with the racetrack. I mean, there's so much that goes into it and like, you know, these guys, you know, they, they're passionate about the stuff that they do like a local racer, you know, they might spend, you know, most of their paycheck to get out to the racetrack every night. And, and they're really passionate about it and they should be, but you know, like sometimes, you know, emotions become, they get out in the forefront and these guys just, you know, they can't control, you know, what they have to say. And there's not a lot of positive feedback a lot of times. And that's why these racetracks, you know, go under, it's just because, you know, owners are tired of listening to the same complaints all the time, even though, you know, the owner might bust their ass to try to give them the best thing they can. You know, it's just, it's a tough situation. And I think the guys that endure it the longest, uh, you know, they, they receive, I feel like they should receive a lot of praise because it's, it's a very hard thing to do. Like with I-30, I mean, they've been in business forever and it just seemed like to me, like, how do you, how do you do it for that long? And we, right. You know, because you never, like you can, on the internet, you're never going to hear positive feedback you know if there's one good comment there's 10 bad ones and that you know that's obviously the issue absolutely i agree that's that's kind of why i thought that i would never run a racetrack just because you're always going to piss somebody off whether it's legitimate or not somebody's not going to be happy it's kind of like a basketball official half the people are going to be pissed at every every call you make yeah so one how much of a is you're working on the prat or working on the track during the week that when no one's even out there, is there like that type of stuff that goes on that, you know, racers don't actually Sure. See? You know, like, you know, most tracks obviously have a guy hired, you know, my dad actually did all of his own stuff, you know, hired a few guys here and there, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of time that has to be put in. It's not like you can just, uh, you know, it's not like you can just roll, roll in there on Friday or Saturday and start prepping and doing things like that. Just, you know, even with like the concession stands prepping for every venue that you have, uh, there, there's a lot to it. And, and, uh, it's just a side that people don't understand, but people obviously think too, that all these guys are just making millions out there. And, and uh, that, that obviously is you know, not the case. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you can make your millions uh, next year on the outlaw tour or with high limits or whatever you decide to run. <laughs> I want to thank you for jumping on with us uh, tonight and uh, good luck the rest of the season. Well, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, thanks, thanks a lot. Sam. I appreciate it. All right, thanks, Sam. Right, see you guys. All right. All right, I think that went pretty well. I think there has to be some questions in there that were not asked uh, on the, the other three oh, podcasts. Yeah. There was, was quite on. a few that weren't asked. <laughs> Brad, Brad always got he sneaks in those good ones. I didn't even know they used to own a racetrack. Yeah, Lone, Lone Star, Star Speedway. Speedway. What used to run down there? Sprint every, cars. Everything but sprint cars. Yeah. <laughs> oh, seriously? Yeah. They, would, they would have a 305 show every now and then, and every once in a while bring in the ASCS, but most of the time it was uh, uh, modified hobbies, that kind of stuff. How big of a track? Good question. About that big. About that <laughs> big. All right, let's take a break, and we'll come back, guys. Hello, and welcome to the Amazing Pizza Machine, Omaha's award-winning play and buffet experience. With over 60,000 square feet of indoor food and fun. First, feast your eyes on this. Our amazing buffet is packed full of delicious choices and is super convenient for families, groups, and folks of all ages. Yes, pizza is our middle name. 
But our unlimited buffet has so much more. And for the 21 and older club, we serve beer and wine available by the glass. Our amazing arcade is one of the largest in the Midwest and is something for all ages. With over 170 of the latest and greatest video and arcade games, as well as rides and attractions. Voted Omaha's best family entertainment center and best place for birthday parties, the amazing pizza machine is the perfect destination for any celebration. And we hope to see you soon. Join Stars photographer BA and Off Ice official Gene Cotter for Thunderstruck, the unofficial Lincoln Stars podcast. We'll re talk with your favorite Lincoln Stars players, coaches, and alumni. Oh, it was a great night, yeah. Beat, beat them in their own rink just before the buzzer. It was something special for sure. I don't, I don't want to call it a surprise because I knew that there was uh, a great, rich history for hockey here in Lincoln, but uh, I, was, I was really happy to see. The fans come back in droves and, and be such a great supporter for us. I might have to throw my roommate on the bus. Uh-oh. I think Sato doesn't have the best tape jobs. He actually just spray-painted all his sticks white uh, on the bottom of them. I think uh, he's copying some, some NHL or he's looking up to, but I don't know. I think it's dusty. I think a lot of guys think it's sick, though. <laughs> to let him in penalty minutes, back before they handed out those little 10-minute wussy misconducts on everything, with 265, Thunderstruck the podcast all season long, right here on the Anchor app or wherever you find your favorite podcast. This is the Dump and Chase podcast. We're trying to model ourselves after what you guys have done a little bit. Voice of the Phantoms and friend of the show, Mr. Matt Lipsack. I, I along for the ride and perhaps provide some modicum of adult supervision here, although really that's a lost cause at this point. We welcome back Phantoms president Andrew Goldman. It yeah. went smoother than it did with Matt. I want that <laughs> added. To the, I want that added. <laughs> shaking your head now for i'm agreeing with you because oh. he has absolutely killed us this year well so far finger guns has meant sam shut up so yeah that's that's not helping i'm trying to process okay check out the dump and chase podcast every wednesday on western reserve radio youtube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts listen that like was frightening <laughs> All right, guys, welcome back to Quick Time, the podcast. Uh, you know, in that interview we were talking with uh, with Sam there a little bit, he was talking about uh, guys chopping each other and throwing sliders. Uh, he must have saw me play that World Outlaw video game because that's the only way I get around people is uh, chopping people and throwing some dirty <laughs> yeah, sliders. I asked, you, I asked you the other day, I'm like, hey, you asked me if I want to race. I said, no, I've came in second. You're like, I want to race, but I blocked the hell out of that guy to I do it. I chopped those some bitches, man. <laughs> So, you know, me and Brandon have played the game. Brad just played the game tonight. What was your overall thought of the game? The graphics are amazing. Um, I suck at it. Oh, I and, suck at it, too. I suck big fucking time. Even the, the previous World of Allah game years ago that came out, I, I wasn't good at it. And um, I could find it easily, easily get hooked on it, but it's best if I just don't buy it because I don't want to waste all my life watching playing that video game. <laughs> my, my whole reason why I suck on it is if you're trying to control a car. And Josh, and, and you hear everybody talk about, well, you can feel the car. You can feel this. You can't feel nothing. You're, you're holding a joystick. You're trying to move a car with a little joystick thing with, that has a, a half inch of travel going left and right. Your accelerator, you have no 
you can't go half throttle on you have thing. a break on the other side you do too. have a break yes but it's the same thing you can't do half That's break true. it's either I, you it's on or off i'm guessing that if you have a steering wheel and, and yeah pedals, if you have like a whole sim racing that. setup i can yeah. see that but to me i'm playing this game i'm like i think i'd do better in a real fucking car <laughs> well because I mean, you, you have that feel i mean you can't feel what a car's doing when you're playing a video game but you did play the tony stewart game right yeah it what would how would you compare the two? Oh, the Tony Stewart's an arcade game. This yeah. one's more more realistic, but I mean, the, the, I still can't feel what the car's doing. You're not you're not yeah. feeling that ass inside around. You you don't know how much how much it's <laughs> it's slid, You know how what kind of angle you're going in the corner. It's it's I don't know. But the 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 one thing I do like about the game is the career mode. I mean, it makes you feel like you're you know I'm racing the local series, and then you move to regional, and this it gets a little harder. I mean, it is definitely not easy. The the physical characteristic characteristics of the game, to me, it I can feel the turns better. I can run a high and I can run a low. Tony Stewart, I didn't. I could run anywhere. It felt the same. I mean, you get a good feel of the car seeing it come through a corner, knowing you're going forward, you know, and stuff like that. So that to me is a game. Oh, well, I, I get it. I I, I get the the uh, uh, what's it called the uh, physics. Yeah, the physics of the game and whatnot are better. Yeah. It's it's more realistic, but like you said, as far as you feel what the car does, I can't feel it through a controller. I did. I I will say though, I'm not playing the game on the hardest settings because I have anger issues, <laughs> and uh, I've broken TVs and controllers because of damn racing games before. So I put it on easy because I want to have fun playing a game because that's what video games are supposed to be. You know, Brad, when he started playing, he he was playing at what I played at, which I play right in the middle. And Brad, would you say when I moved you back down to the easy mode, was it a lot easier to control? Uh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. It was a lot easier to control. But, I mean, the the overall view, the graphics of the game, the tracks, the the way they look, I mean, it's spot on. I mean, it it definitely has the iRacing part in it in that sense. You know, the one, the one complaint I will say I have on the game is you don't get to use tear-offs. In the old game, that oh, was yeah. one of the, the old coolest one you could use thing, tear -offs. You, know? <laughs> you had to, you had to, you had eight tear offs. You can change you, your wing angle, angle too in the, yeah, in the car. You, you can't, can't do, do that, that with this. But did you, did you guys see what David Gravel said about the game? No. Yeah, he didn't want to quit his day job. He better not quit his day job. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the question is too. I mean, we both, me and Brandon, both had the 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 situation of: Do you spend the seventy dollars buying all the bonus stuff for it, or do you spend what forty dollars? I spent forty bucks. I spent a little bit more um, just because there is three more tracks coming out. And is, you get Sammy Swindell. I didn't get that. Oh, wait, I, you get, I didn't do the pre order. Pre, yeah. Which car? I don't know. The I didn't pre order. The blue channel lock car. Oh. So, I mean, the cool thing is it's I 55 and it's uh, Lucas Oil. I don't know what the other one I, I don't know what the name of that Lime Land? Was. I thought Lime Land was when you bought the game. I don't know. I don't have it. But no, I mean, overall, I would say it's. It's addicting. I mean, I could sit and play it, you know, a couple hours and not. I know you have because you text me. You want to play some World Outlaws? Yeah, come, that's come race with me. That's the thing, though. You have to if you're going to play online, you have to buy a gold pass. Well, a gold pass is like what ten dollars a month. Yeah. Or you buy the year long, which I usually do. That that could be like sixty, seventy bucks. But play a damn is, video game. I want to go against Brandon. And he, <laughs> I'm just waiting for him to get I, it. I can't do it because I don't have a playing system. So I'd have to, the cheapest part would be buying the World of Outlaw game. Yeah. Then I'd have to go buy a PlayStation 72 or whatever they're up to now or whatever. I, 69. I, I don't have, I don't have to, <laughs> to play. I don't have a gaming system. Well, I did upgrade mine. So I have an Xbox Series S I bought 
um, at the beginning of the year when I was finishing my basement because I wanted something nice down here that my son can play because he has a PS5 upstairs. Oh, so he has something nice upstairs that he can play? And you had a ring of something nice he can well, invade your space with, too? And, but part of it, too, Spoiled is, ass kids. is NCAA football is coming out next year, and I was a huge fan of that. So, but I knew the outlaw game was coming out and, you know, it gives me something to do down here and, you know, in between races. Besides watch races. Yeah. So with having three TVs, I got the rate I'm racing in the middle and I got other things I can watch, you know, while I'm lapping, you know, David Gravel or somebody, but I haven't raced against him yet. Yeah, you would get your ass kicked. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I've got adulting to do, so I don't what? have time to play video Come games. Come on, Brad. Brad's out, Brad's out there running and riding his bike and mowing the grass, watering the grass. Which, I, I if you look outside, you don't. You Josh can tell to do that. Yeah. Wait, wait. Brad would be at some campsite with no internet access, so he couldn't play. Enjoying anymore. life. Enjoying life. Dang it. Next weekend, I got baby. nothing to go against. So that. let me ask you this: You're the video game expert here on the show. Can I play? Brad, if Brad has a PS5 and I have an Xbox online. Yes, it is a cross-platform okay. game. Well, I'll be damned. I do have an <laughs> Xbox One that I might see if Brad could use. Is nah. it? I does it know. work on Xbox One? That's what I have. Do you? Yeah. So, Brad, see, I could let you use mine. Take yeah. it home. You get spend $10 and buy the game. Buy I'm, the game and get gold, and we all race against each other. I'm good, thanks. We could have us go against another podcast. And I will say Josh, your card's ugly, by the way. You would think as a car. I spend more time <laughs> I spend more time the, the scheme of my car. And I've seen people on, on some forums, they're actually, you know, because you can draw your own car in there. You can take a square and move it and rotate it and, you know, make it lifelike. And I've actually had three or four customers of mine ask me if, if I could design one for them. And I'm like, I can't send it to you. Like, I make it in my game and that's it. I can't, you know, sell it to you. <laughs> but, but overall, I think the game... The game definitely promotes the product of racing and of sprint cars and late models. And I have raced the late models. It's like a big tank to get through the corner. But <laughs> other than that, the best part about them is you can crash them and you don't get hurt. That's and it doesn't right. cost you anything reset. to fix them. Reset. <laughs> but no, otherwise, I think it's good. It, you know, and I, I, we almost got Brad to race a 305 in it. So that would have been even better. Yeah, so I guess. I guess with I that got. being said, I think it's going to wrap up the show for this week, guys. Uh, I don't know. You got anything else before we call it quits? I'm good. No. Uh, Brad, you, you're going to the I-80 race. Yep. I'll be there Brandon, for the, going the I-80 race. I think so. Are you going? I'm not going to the I-80 race. Why the hell not? I don't know. I asked my wife. I was like, hey, do you want to go? She's like, no. You yeah. son of a bitch. But I am going to a sponsor party for Choo Choo. No. Nothing. All right. We'll see everybody Dang next it. week.